guys, welcome back to the Mind Refinery Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Kyle Bodanis. This is part two of our deep dive into our favorite YouTube creators. Before we get started, if you haven't checked out and subscribed to the Mind Refinery YouTube channel, do it. Also, if you haven't seen the trailer for part one of the next episode of our culinary series, Plated, you can watch it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mindrefinery. We spent five months following legendary Toronto chef Suzanne Barr and her partner Johnny Karras as they built their new restaurant, True True Diner. And now, without further ado, here's the show. Before we get back to these lists, I, we, we're going to take some time to do some honorable mentions. Because, I mean, the criteria for this, I mean, combination for me is like, what is, a number one is what is entertaining. But then also, what is, you want to get something from what you're watching. I mean, I think you're like me in that what, not everything you, there has to be something, there has to be substance, right? I don't say I really watch any mindless things. And I think very few people actually watch truly mindless stuff. I think everything has a thing. But like for me. Um, Dude, reality TV is massive. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, a lot of people, I'd say it's like, it's like food, right? Like sometimes you just want to turn your brain off and just fucking eat a McDonald's. Sometimes you just want to turn your brain off and watch a dude open Pokemon cards for, for 20 minutes. I think I just had to, I think I just tried to will myself into believing that we're not just doomed as a species. So I, uh, you're correct. I mean, what for you was part of the, that went into the decision beyond just like entertainment? Uh, as far as like the top five list. Yeah. What, what strikes a chord with you and how you were evaluating for that list? Honestly, as soon as you, uh, you know, broke this idea to me, um, revealed this idea to me, I don't know what the correct term would be unveiled this idea. Um, I was, I pretty much had my top five ready to go. And for me, I'm, I'm going to say one word actually on this consistency. If and I'm not just saying release like I'm not saying like oh this guy releases a video every Tuesday at 4 p.m. I'm not talking about that consistency. I'm just talking about consistency and quality. The YouTubers that are on my list, every one of them, and that's what I said before about Super Bunny Hop is he doesn't have the consistency. All these YouTubers is they put out a video. I see a video in my sub box from these guys, and I'm like, yes, here we go. I used to be like that for you know. H3, like, I mean, we can throw in a couple quick, but like H3, H3, I used to look for them all the time. They haven't been uploading so much. Philly D with, um, uh, like with, with his news show every day, I used to watch like Philly D religiously every day because it was quality every day. And then he started getting super into the fucking YouTube drama. And I'm like, this, it was like a 12, a 20 minute video and 13 minutes about like YouTube drama. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about this anymore. So it's, it's just the, the big thing for me. And like, I'll, I'll drop, I'll stop watching. Like it's hard for me to unsub from a channel, but I'll stop watching channels for sure. But yeah, the biggest thing for me, I'd have to say is consistency. If you're consistently putting out quality content and it's making me excited to watch your, like I'm genuinely excited when I see these videos in my sub box. Cause I know it's like, Oh, 10 minute video. Great. 20 minute video, 40 minute video. Great hit me with it. I'm so excited. Like I got time and like, I, a lot of times don't watch as many movies as I should because I'm watching these like, you know, 20 minute videos on YouTube and shit. So yeah, I don't know for, for me, I'd say consistency. How how about you? How would you say that you, um, kind of compiled your list together? What was the driving factor? I really like stuff to be 
in like informative. I think that's why I was projecting a little bit more of my altruistic idea of what I look for uh, in content. Uh, which, with with that said, I watch one. Okay, one of my you know honorable mentions is Zionic. He's a uh, you know he's a uh, tra- uh, Pokemon trainer. His videos are fantastic because he's really about kind of teaching other people how to get good at the game. He hosts these events as well. He'll have he'll host tournaments that his Patreon subscribers can be a part of and they can win prizes. And he just creates this whole uh, little culture around the game and around him as a trainer. And I think it's about Pokemon, so to an extent it's completely lowbrow. But at the same time, it's really good. I like this idea of community, and I think that's another thing that these you know these individuals do is they create a sense of community through their videos and mm-hmm. uh, especially when they're interacting with their fans and like I think that's one thing how accessible are they to the people that they that they make content for and I think that's really cool when it is just like when you see celebrities on like Twitter interacting with you know everyday people who just say hey I like your stuff or they ask them a question and I really like it when you know the YouTubers they become part of that community and they create an, a, a culture around their show. So that's why Kurzgesagt is on my list. And Super Bunny Hop and Red Letter Media is that they've created... It's not, they haven't just created a YouTube channel. They've created brands. And the best, and that's that idea of consistency in that you hit a quality level and you have to keep maintaining it. And the best brands are able to do that. And like it's a pretty you know, democratized system, but at the end of the day, it's still people's perceptions and you still, you know, have to, you are still projecting something. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, just, just to add to the last thing you said about it being a democratized system. I mean, it is, and it isn't you're at the whim of YouTube's algorithm. If YouTube's algorithm likes you, you're going to get promoted. If YouTube's algorithm doesn't like you, you're going to get suppressed. So, I mean, yes, it is a de- democratic thing, but I mean, you we're talking specifically about YouTube. So, I mean, it's hard pressed to not mention the platform. And it's like there's a lot going on behind the scenes. No, but I can with, upload a, But I can upload a video. That's I think that's what I'm talking about is that you're creating that anybody as long can, as it as long as it adheres to the community guidelines. Sure. But uh, yes, but the community guidelines are don't you know, some of them are, make sense. Oh, 100%. 100%. So what I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing. What I'm saying is like you can't be if you're trying to be. Like if you're trying to be in a movie, like that that is that is something that is v- has very little access to you. Whereas if when you're creating YouTube content, getting the product out there, you can do. Yeah, it's you like can, you're you're removing the middleman, right? Well, and you're and, just, think, of, and just, think of it like a product where it's like you can get the product to market. Now it's can you market that product? But then once you start getting into that, your reach is determined by algorithms. Um, all these other things, you know, can you get past the content sweeps, even if your content, you know, your content is done in an altruistic way where you're not trying to, you know, copyright infringe and those kind of things. No, for sure. For sure. No, you, you hit on it. I, I, I agree. It, it removes the middleman, as I was saying, it's just like a main line to your consumer, to your, your viewers. So you don't have to, you know, have like a studio, blah, blah, blah. And you have a lot of these artists, like, I don't know, like Will Smith, and bigger artists that have like really embraced the platform. But then at the same time, you have the YouTube front page is all filled with like Will Smith's videos and like Jack Black's videos and videos from the tonight show with like Jimmy, like there's like Jimmy Kimmel videos and whatever those places have their medium, 
like it's on TV, it's whatever viewer on viewership on demand or whatever. And it's like, they're taking up valuable front page space because they pay for it, obviously. But that's like a lot of like trending videos and shit like that are just, Oh, like this Jimmy video, Jimmy Kimmel video is apparently trending. You know what I mean? So it's taking eyeballs off YouTube's content creators that are exclusive to the platform while promoting all these other channels that are pretty much being paid to be promoted. So I don't know. It's, it, it, it's a tough world out there. Then there's the whole ad apocalypse that's going on now for the, for the last month has been hitting them hard. So there, there's a lot on the business end of it. So what are some of your honorable mentions? Okay. I have a lot. I'm going to try not to mention all of them. Give me your three. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, I already mentioned H3H3. I'm just going to, this doesn't count. But H3H3, they're one of my favorite, like, they're one of my oldest loves. They've gone down the hill kind of since the podcast came out and they haven't been uploading, although they have over the quarantine and they've been pretty solid. But yeah, older videos of theirs where they're like talking about like Ethan and Neela, how they met and stuff. Beautiful. Love that stuff. So they're one of my favorites. But okay, that doesn't count. I will say, this is one of my choices, and he was very close on the list, but I just couldn't squeeze him in there. But uh, this dude, Summoning Salts, I've mentioned Summoning, Summoning Salts. Yes, so good. Um, so I've mentioned Summoning Salts before on the podcast. I don't remember which one. Probably a video game one, I assume. But so what this guy does is he does video game speedrun videos. So he has... I guess he's very much in like the speedrunning scene. So he'll do the history of video game speedruns. So he'll do ones on like Mario games. He'll do ones on like Castlevania. He'll do ones on Mario Kart, whatever. And he gets like, like these videos are like 40 minutes long. It's like a 40 minute long video about like one track in Mario Kart. And you're like, there's no way I'm watching this guy with like an average voice. And like the video, the the editing is like average. Like the video, the editing is like completely, it's good, but it's not, I wouldn't even say it's good. It's sir. It's serviceable. The editing's serviceable, but like the information and how deep this guy goes into like specific dates and times of people passing off different world records back and forth is just incredible. And like how much he goes back to like the very beginning when like the game was first released all the way up until maybe a week or two before the video came out specifically his most, like my favorite video is of his is called fast four dash two. It's from super Mario one, sorry, Mario brother, Mario's brothers one, whatever from NES, the, the NES one. It's a specific. So the the um, speedrunning community had gotten that game down to pretty much where you couldn't get it down any less, except for this one specific level, 4-2, this like one specific area people could like manipulate pixel-perfect movements and jumps to like try to get this one area down fractions of a second. So, and it's riveting. Like, I cannot, it sounds so boring. I'm hearing myself explain it, and it sounds so boring, but this guy makes it so good. And when I see, I don't care what game it is, this guy will do like Mike Tyson's punch out, whatever. This guy will put out a 40 minute video. Like at the beginning of quarantine, he released like two like half hour long videos in a week. And I was like, I was on the moon. Like this guy releases a video once every month, once every two months. This guy releases one, uh, two in one week. I was be beside myself. So everything this guy does is just so riveting. That's all I want to say about him. I've yacked on long enough about about him. Did you want to throw out one of your uh, honorable mentions? 
this could have been on my list. I just... Okay, so it's Donna and Jella, and it's called Demi Rancho du Cocina, and it means From My Farm to Your Kitchen. And it is a old Mexican woman who documents how she literally takes food from the farm to her table, and it's this big overture on, but very youtube of, you know, traditional Mexican cooking. And I was floored by how good it was. She just started a YouTube channel. People loved it. And, you know, it ended up getting 20 million views. And it's, you know, considered a big part of how through the internet people are learning about, you know, Latin food and learning about it traditionally rather than just, you know, North America, you know, sorry, American and Canadian tropes of it. It's really, really well done. It's probably the most authentic thing I've seen in, on YouTube just in terms of it's just a little old lady cooking what appears to be the best food you've ever seen. And anybody who, and I don't like a lot of the culinary content on YouTube, especially the cooking instructional stuff, because it's just very kitschy and Pinteresty. but this is raw and amazing, but charming and a little funny at the same time. And I just think it's fantastic. It's wholesome as fuck. I've only seen like the one video that was like big on Reddit. So that's my only point of reference for this channel. And I actually didn't even know you were picking this, but that's that. Yeah, I saw the one video. Loved it. Wholesome as fuck. I got a is, is there like how many videos does she have? I'm not she sure how like many a she bunch? has in total, but it's a few. I want to see. I like to see. I, I just want to. I just want to see more of it. I mean, I can't believe she doesn't have a show yet. And if anybody knows about her, oh, I'm sure she's getting. Yeah, it. yeah, because it's got 1.3 million subscribers. She gets tw- her videos accumulate over 20 million views. It's just, it's just really fucking well done. Again, I like that kind of cooking instructional. That's what I'm looking for. You know, as a person who is into gastronomy and food culture and as a person who has cooked professionally, you know, for a decade, it's fantastic. And it just gives you all the feels. And it made me think about my great grandparents. That's the number one thing. So definitely also hit on that nostalgia. I'm going to throw out this guy, uh, internet historian. I have no idea what his name is, but he again, just does just, I don't know, videos on like different video game related things. He did one about Tetris the whole story of Tetris, how it was like, what's his name? Alex. Uh, uh, I can't remember the guy who who created Tetris. Oh, the Russian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember his name either. He goes to like the whole story about how like this guy worked at, at a, a university. So like technically like the communist government owned Tetris. And like, there's this whole like shady back alley dealings. And then he had this like really cool artistic uh, representation of the thing. Like he got like an animator to like do like little stills of the whole thing um it was super in depth but he does things about like he'll go in depth about an episode about like a certain gaming peripheral some like some random chair that will control your motion back and forth and you can control games by like rocking in a chair and then he'll randomly have this thing but otherwise yeah he'll just do really good videos on like different games different gaming hardwares he does a lot of um like the history of like Sega was really good history of Nintendo. Like he does just, he's the gaming historian. It's exactly kind of what it sounds like. He just really delves deep into gaming history, especially uh, retro gaming is definitely his big specialty. Okay. Now uh, for our number two choices. Well, my number two choice is a gentleman named Gus Johnson. His YouTube is Gus Johnson. He is uh, just a comedy YouTube. I don't know. He's just got like, 
a bunch of skits. I wouldn't say they're like vine length, but they're not super long. They're like generally less than three minutes kind of thing. And that's a lot of time when you get into with like YouTube stuff where it's like, this is a funny thing, but like, why is this eight minutes long? Like this should have two minutes tops, but he has just like a lot of hilarious videos going through his stuff. Like just fucking makes me belly laugh. He also has a lot of kind of like analysis videos or he'll react to YouTube videos or like, um, he'll just kind of break down videos and yeah, just, I guess really like yeah, reaction or, or analysis, but those ones, he always tapes his microphone to something hilarious. I don't know. That's definitely like a running joke, but yeah, I know. I just really like him. He, all his skits are super, super funny. I don't know. I think they're super original. I've seen him. He's done some stuff with Comedy Central. So I've seen some of his Comedy Central stuff. Anything he does, I'd say anything that that dude is, does is really funny. He also has a podcast with the, the it's a Gus and Eddie podca- podcast with Eddie Burback, who uh, I also like. His content is really good, too. He does, again, long analysis videos, but he does them about like a variety of different subjects, not just video games. He's really good, too. I really like Eddie's content. But their podcast together is great. They don't, it's literally them just talking. They don't have a script. They don't have topics. They literally set up mics and just fucking go. They have a couple little segments. But yeah, it's more just them having a chat, just talking with the boys. So yeah, so I, I really love Gus Johnson. Overall, I gotta say my favorite video of his is um, Mitchell Robbins' one, The, the Soup. That's oh, the one. Classic. Yeah, that's the one that. <laughs> that's the one that got me into him and man i still watch that video like all the time like at least like once a month i think that that stupid video is just so perfectly funny like it's exactly that if, if you wanted something to exemplify my what i find funny in my sense of humor that's the video and like whatever you wanted to say that that says about me fine but i think that that video is one of the funniest videos on the internet and that's just in a huge list of of hilarious hilarious videos that again eddie burback is in a lot of them his uh brother sven johnson's in a lot of them who also has his own youtube channel um nakey jakey who we talked about is in some of them they're really good friends with nakey jakey jakey's on the podcast and stuff like that so yeah that whole collective i'm, I'm just a big fan of all those dudes my favorite by him and also my favorite thing that his microphone is uh, taped to or clipped to. So the Steve Harvey episode is absolutely hilarious where he kind of breaks down how Steve Harvey is sexist and just can't deal <laughs> like with women posting his awkward tweets about International Women's Day. And uh, yeah, did I mention that his thing is clipped to a knife? It's clipped to a knife His uh, thing while he's doing it. And, f- and this was actually the first video I really watched of his. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, is that a mic like holder (laughs) that I'm not aware of from, you know, working in film here? I'm like, is this not, is this something new? Is this like a YouTube, like podcaster thing that I don't know about? And then I'm just like, oh, he has it on a spatula the next video I watched. I think he's hilarious. I think that he's really kind of good about making a subtle political statement without being, yes, without being pious about it, which I appreciate because- he relates it to humor. It's like humor first rather than I need to talk about why Steve Harvey isn't me too friendly. He just, he says it, but he conveys it in a way where you understand it, which I believe we understand it. It's funny. And then also you get 
he does it from a socially awkward point of view. That's what it is. It's like, how awkward is this? And that just increases the humor. It's it's really good. I really love his uh, channel. The podcast is fantastic. This is another... Also, he's another example of how with the Nicky Jakey, again, community and the interaction and this idea mm-hmm. of people working together, you can be a success and I can be an ex- uh, a success at the same time, which I find... Like, okay, if you look at any other video content creation, like, whether it's commercials or film, like, they're very dog-eat-dog situations. And very cutthroat. And, you know, I see it even on the set level at work. And it's just really cool that there's this creative vibe that they kind of work with each other to cultivate. And, like, it's really great. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's nice to see all those guys really supporting each other. And I see, it's funny, too, I see him popping up in, like, a lot of, kind of like Instagrammers um, skits and stuff like that. And I, I don't know. I like see you see them, but yeah, by all accounts, these, all these kind of uh, all these dudes seem like genuinely really nice guys. They just all seem like super genuine, super nice, super down to earth. And like, I don't know, that could just be a good front. They could be all pieces of shit, but from by all accounts, they're good to their fans. Like they do tours and stuff like that. And I know Gus goes out of his way for like meet and greets. He's like, as many people as are there, I will, talk with so i know they're really good to their friend their fans they're like you know they have like the subreddit and stuff so yeah no i i agree with that so for mine and i don't really know how to describe this channel because it, so philip solo tv uh hell Phillip yeah solo tv uh so it's a guy from edmonton is it i think so yeah it's edmonton uh who goes around and does random yet hilarious yet poignant things he likes to kind of play on Yelp lists and, you know, different lists on the internet. Uh, So, like, for example, he's done videos on, like, the worst takeout food in his area and then ordering it. But, like, it's weird because there's this dichotomy he has of it's funny and it's random and he's, like, kind of a smartass and he's kind of got this, like, complete stoner vibe. But he does poignant things and he meets, has these, like, poignant moments. So, like, the best way to describe the episode sorry what the episodes are like is kind of presenting a range so like one of his latest videos is inside the world of online psychics great video by so, the way so in this he looks he starts looking for online psychics and he starts looking for the cheapest ones because they have extravagant costs and you see him reach out to them and he's typing them, and they're obviously bots just sending back generic messages. You know, he's spending his own money just to get the laugh. It's friggin' absolutely hilarious. He eventually calls Exorcist and gets a quote on it. You need the plant. Yeah, he's like, you need the plant. And he's like, you know what I'll do for you? You send me some money, I'll send you the plant. And then he, like, farts on, uh, right? And his girlfriend's doing it, and you're like, okay, I know what this is. I kind of know what this guy's about. But it's shtick. But in another one he did, Exploring Canada's Worst Streets, where he meets people... One of it, That's one of his best. That one's amazing. It's like, you think this is going to be something... First of all, he flies to Vancouver to do the video and spends money. He did, I think, another couple while he was there. But with this one, he went to, he went to East Hastings Street, which is obviously a notorious neighborhood uh, in Vancouver, and then obviously to the whole, to the whole country. And he... It starts with him talking to a guy about him getting held up at needlepoint while he was trying to pick up weed 
and you think it's going to be like the other videos, but then he starts talking to different people. And, you know, East Hastings is marred by substance abuse and crime problems, you know, socioeconomic issues. And he starts meeting these people and you think he's going to make fun of them, but they start opening up to him and he's asking them questions and trying to learn about their lives. And you see, you know, there's sincerity to it and there's, and he treats, I feel like a lot of things that deal with addiction and poverty, it's like poverty and addiction porn. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. this is just he's like, very respectful of the subject. It's matter. respectful, but uh, so it's not respectful. exploitation, but it's also it's not that's the key. It's not exploitation. And he's kind of just learning about them and introducing them and treated them respectfully. Like the woman in the car, you know, it's like heartbreaking when you, you know, hear these stories. And then, you know, there's a very sobering mood to him after these interviews. And when he's done where it's not a joke and then you start to see that what this guy is doing actually has a bigger thing. And then he, and he human, like he humanizes people who are mm-hmm. not humanized by like stereotypes. You know what I mean? Like that are, yeah. that are like dehumanized through stereotypes. Like for example, when he does, when he does, you know, the one with the stripper where it's funny for sure, but then he starts to talk to her and they get a connection and she's in other videos. Like, it's, yeah, it's that's crazy. That, that's what I, what I really like about it is like, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of this guy. What I really love about his content, among a lot of things, is how he has this cast of characters. Almost like you were saying, there's like the, the I, I can't remember her name, but the the stripper. There's like his friend Marco, his um other friend with the dreads. I can't remember his name. Yeah, the dreads girlfriend. hilarious. Yeah. Oh, he's hilarious. And like he has his girlfriend who like at first kind of you could tell she didn't really want to be in the videos. And like he kind of started to bring her in slowly. And at first I'm like she was like a little like stilted. But now like I love her. I think she's hilarious. And then you have people like he interviewed um, a psychic drag queen. That uh, video is just amazing how he like get like you really like see these kind of people that as I said, they're kind of like on the fringes of society and how he, you know, shows you their story like what they're going through like i remember he had this one video about just some random guy hit him up on instagram and like the guy was like let's collaborate fam and he's like fuck it yeah let's collaborate like what do you want to do and the guy's like oh i don't know so then he like met up with him and then the guy like flaked on him and like he's like sorry man he's like i can't do it he had like all this anxiety and then he like helped the guy like he finally got the guy to come back and he like helped the guy through with his anxiety and stuff like that and then he came it went from this like jokey video about like what am i going to collab on this guy with like some beats or something and then it turned into this video about him like helping this guy with his with his anxiety so i just i i love just his his whole cast of characters I, I i love him i think he's hilarious there's there's times where he's like a little over the top have you seen the nickelback video the like nickelback kind of, video yeah yeah he's like a little over the top i think in that one there's like a few of them but then there's other ones where like he goes to the furry convention with his girlfriend and then they get like drunk at the furry convention i have this and in then, my notes at the furry convention each moment of it is certifiably cringy double underline but in like a funny way like it's with, so but it's, it's so, so good it's 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 honestly hilarious and then you have the whole thing about his worst reviewed food in the city like worst reviewed hotels that got totally jacked by vice it's weird he has so many more videos and there's videos from like kind of recently that i've looked for that he's deleted i don't know why he deletes videos but i know his like a lot of his old videos he just like straight up deleted because he got sick 
because I was like kind of his shtick for like a while was like all like the the reviewing like the worst in the city, which he still has a bunch of them up, but he had like way more they deleted. But yeah, that I know like Vice literally just jacked that fucking concept and did their own show about it. So I know that there's a bit of contention there, but I love the dude. He seems like a super chill, hilarious guy, and I I love all his videos. There's not really bad bad videos of his. I think I think they're for the most part pretty fucking funny. Okay, so two points. One, I was reading an AMA with him on Reddit, and he was saying that, I mean, because there was discussion that he took the videos down because he wanted to remonetize, which can get you in shit, and there was this long, uh, you know, thread about it. But basically, it was he was saying that some of them he took off because he feels like they weren't of a quality of his other work, which is straight from the horse's mouth. Second, I really like how you kind of see him grow and his little bits of his life with the videos. Like for example, the girlfriend thing. So you see her at the beginning, you go from him not having a girlfriend to having a girlfriend and then him trying to like coax her into these videos. And you yeah. see that gradual maturation. Cause especially can you imagine you just start dating a guy and all of a sudden he's just doing these videos and it's like, what the hell is this all about? And do I want to be involved? And then all of a sudden, she gets more comfortable with it and it ends up being really cool. And she ends up being really funny on the yeah, episodes. Yeah, she's really funny. Like the, like, like we talked about the uh, furry convention one. She's freaking hilarious. The furry convention one is, I think that's her, like, that's her saying, yo, I'm in this now. I'm part of it. I'm funny. And uh, I, I really love it. It's honestly one of my favorite, uh, my favorite cuts of it. Okay. So we're going to move on now to our number one YouTube content creator. All right. For me, number one the goat greatest of all time. I got to give it up for my boy Dunkey for video game Dunkey. I talked about almost how when I see a video from some content creators in my sub box, like it's an event, like I'm excited to watch them. Like, yes, this person put out a new video. I'm excited to watch it. Like, I can't wait. I'm going to sit down. I'm paying attention to it. 100%. That doesn't, that is no more true than for video game Dunkey. This guy, he essentially just talks over his gameplay is like he does a couple videos he does a couple like year-end videos does a couple review videos i mean a lot of them are quote review videos a lot of them like he he does a few like prank phone call ones which i don't prank phone calls can be cringy but like they're really funny yeah his, his it's just his voice and the his delivery I just he fucking makes me laugh out loud more than almost anybody on this planet. He's his his stuff is just so good. It's as I said, most of it, I'm gonna say ninety five percent of it is him just talking over gameplay. That's really all it is. It can't get more simple than that. And I fucking love it. The Breath of the Wild one is my favorite. Just like the different stuff Link is doing, like where he jumps with that rock and then he fires it and then like falls to his death. <laughs> it's ab it's absolutely hilarious it's just pure uh internet slapstick f fantastic exactly exactly like all like i love his whole series of him playing mario maker like people's created levels and he just kind of like has this like fake like braggadocious 
shtick about playing other people's Mario levels. And like, if he's like, he just, he's like, if he's doing well, he's just like bragging about how he's doing it blindfolded. And like, if he fails, he's like, oh, oh, what you didn't know is my little brother was playing. Like he has just these like outlandish excuses for failing and whatever. And I don't know, I just, I just love that, that whole series. I love his most recently, the, um, have you heard about the Untitled Goose Game? No, I have not. So essentially, Untitled Goose Game is a game where you are a goose. It is cell shaded. It is like isometric, kind of like top down. You're like a little goose. It's it's nice and cutesy, pastel-y, cell shaded. And you're a goose and you just kind of cause mischief. That's the whole game. So it's kind of like almost like kind of like a goat simulator or like one of those types of games. But he has a video about... It, like I don't know if the video was called Operation Rake in a Lake, but it was like all about Operation Rake in a Lake, and he's just trying to get this rake, and he's just trying to put it in a lake, while there's like a, like a gardener that's like preventing him from doing it, and it's just one of the fucking funniest things ever. Like that that video is in recent memory my favorite. But yeah, no, like anytime I see a video in his sub box, I'm I'm just excited. It's it's it's, it's an event. Always like he'll always hit the top like the uh, the front page of Reddit. And um, from all accounts, I've seen him in a bunch of like podcasts and shit. Um, by all accounts, he's just like a super nice guy, super nice guy. He just seems like super humble, super low key. Yeah, I just I just really dig the content that he puts out. It just really tickles my funny bone. I think w- why he's popular and really it speaks to all of these people that we're talking about, but especially our both of our number ones where YouTube, like television, is is a character-driven medium where it doesn't really matter what you're doing as long as people like you. So if you went and pitched somebody on what this premise is for this show where, okay, he's going to play video games and he's just going to be kind of talking shit over them, but not even talking shit, just like talking Oh, yeah, them. talking shit, talking shit. Talk, yeah. Okay, so talking shit. But, you know, like if you said that's what we're going to do, and you tried to get someone to finance that before before they saw that or only after just seeing a proof of concept, they'd be like, we're not going to fucking do that. And in the end, they'd be stupid because it's really good. And it, it, I think that's why there could be multiple video game things on this list and why there's like different, so many video game reviewers, so many, like there's a lot of music reviewers. But in the end, at the end of the day, it's all like obviously production value goes into it and like ease of viewing. But the the people like i think it speaks to the people and their personalities and their ability to project them and i think the big thing you learn if you're a youtube creator is that that has to shine through mm-hmm. and you know and he's a very good example of that like his the, the reviews are fantastic the everything that that's done here is like the levels are like they're laugh out loud funny mm-hmm and but again, if you try to tell somebody like, "Hey, this is the content we're going to create," same thing with like, okay, Red Letter Media. It's going to be a, a a couple schlubs like us talking about just movies and what's wrong with them and why they like them. People are going to be like, "No one wants to fucking watch that," and they would be yeah. wrong. Yeah, you're you're one hundred percent right. And what you have to uh, remember though too is like like these guys have been like whether it's Red Letter Media, whether it's skill up, whether it's video game donkey, like you look at, like, look at their older videos. You know what I mean? I love, I love when you like are into a YouTuber and then you like sort by like 
oldest videos and you look at what they were doing for their first videos and inevitably unless it's their like second channel and they've always been quality on it it's inevitably it's going to be cringe you know what i mean so you look at donkey's old videos this guy used to do like videos like about like league of legends and stuff and like they were fine but like his voice was like you could tell he was much younger you could um like just like the audio quality was worse and obviously like this guy's just been distilling this formula for the past however many years he's been doing it and he has it like to an art now to the point where like his videos are getting like millions of views like this guy is like super popular and yeah it's all from him either playing games with his friends you know playing smash with his friends or just like whatever like silly games they find for like super cheap on steam um or they're just by himself like like most of his videos are just by himself and yeah they just they just work and he's just perfected that over the years so i mean i i can't wait to see not only from him but like from everybody else on the list i can't wait to see what like you know these people are all still releasing to this day so i can't like probably after i get off this call i'm probably gonna boot up youtube and see what's in my sub box for the day so i'm just excited for the future from all these from all these content creators so my number one is the needle drop melon A.K.A. Anthony Fantano, A.K.A. the Internet's busiest nerd. A.K.A. Melon. A.K.A. Melon. So the premise, and what I just said, if you just told somebody what this is about, a quirky music nerd gives detailed reviews of the latest albums of the day, tackling mostly hip-hop and R&B, but also spreading into alternative rock and you know various genres, country he, he gets into. If you just said to somebody that's what's going to happen, they're going to be like, we don't want to fucking see that. So I feel that this guy, I mean, he's a great music reviewer, gives super in-depth analysis, uh, has clearly an intense knowledge of music, um, especially hip-hop. seems to know a ton about death metal randomly, which is fantastic. He's just, will be on his way, I believe, to being an Alan Cross-level knowledge of music. But I think out of everybody that we've talked to, this guy has the most clout. He's been praised by people like Danny Brown and Pusha T., but he's gotten into some very kind of interesting beefs from his reviews. Like, people have taken them very seriously because they're super popular. And he's gotten into people. Like, for example, on the No Jumper podcast, the coolest podcast on earth, uh, self, <laughs> self-described, he got Lil Xan was uh, very angry for uh, his review of Total Xanarchy. It was on his not good list. Uh, he talked shit, saying he doesn't know anything about hip hop, saying he's just into weird Japanese shit. Uh, he gave him uh, gave him stick because uh, he gave Lil Peep's last record a one out of ten before he died, like he was supposed to know he was gonna die in a week. And you know, this has a lot of fans too, in terms of like really giving their outrage and provoking them. And it's rare to see people who create themselves that have this much effect on the artists they talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, absolutely. I like, I, I really like Fantano. I, I really like needle drop. I think that's another one I put you on. Was it, or did you get it to that? Bureau? No, you told me about this one. Okay. Okay. I really like Fantano. Even when I disagree with him, which is often, yes, yeah, even when I, even when I disagree with him, I can't argue the points he's making for the most part, but yeah, he's like, I feel like he's a little bit of a troll, like giving my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, like not a very good rating, kind of reviewing that negatively at the time. More recently with fetch the bolt cutters, he didn't, 
give that album, I think, as much as it maybe deserved. I, I was, I, he I, was trying to say that it wasn't, he was trying to, like. He was saying, saying he was unfocused. That was the biggest that's thing. That's what I he said, like. whereas I think it's actually super focused. And yeah. It's one of the most original. The it's one of the most original things that I've heard. But also just like the through way, just with the percussion in it, that it has a very Americana, folky, yet, you know, artistic side. Like it's very expressive like she's dealing with old music and i disagreed with it um i don't think i think it's one of her best works i think you're looking at mid to late 90s for her work you know you're looking at criminal you know into uh, something and you want to disagree with this he what he does is he gives his reasons i feel like when people exactly, don't like exactly. something they give you a knee-jerk reaction as to why they don't like it and it's a feeling which is no problem because we should go by feelings, but when you're trying to articulate somebody from as much of an objective point of view as possible, if even if you can do that with with criticism, you know, you have to try to break it down and you can't just convey feelings and senses and textures when it's criticism. Exactly. It's almost like art is subjective. You can love something and I could be like, I didn't like it. You know what I mean? Like that's art. It, that's his opinion. He, as I said, uh, there's a lot I don't agree with, but he says things that a lot of times make sense. I might not agree with them, but like he has reasons for everything. You can look at something and be like, oh, that's, you know, that's a well done piece of art, of media, of whatever it is. And, but it's not for me, but I don't know. I, 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 I really do like him. I just, I, I sometimes, as I was like, I think sometimes he's a bit of a shit disturber. Like he's a bit of a troll. And he even has like the one segment, like let's argue where he's like, just kind of providing hot takes. He's just pretty much like, like arguing with people on the internet. And yeah. yeah, I mean him on Twitter and like Instagram is like the same. He'll, he likes to put his political view out there. And he always he puts like, he puts like trigger warnings on his like stories. He'll be like, okay, this is going to get political. If you don't want to see any political stuff, like stop, stop looking at my stories now. So I always think that's pretty funny. And like, but, I'm trying to remember Hooch was trying to accuse him of being part of the alt right, but in, then he had to like put out a video that says that he is clearly, uh, you know, left leaning. There's the shit he said about Azealia Banks, which was hilarious. He basically said, from the beginning of her career to now, I have no idea what Azealia Banks' place in the music industry is. That triggered her. Uh, he said some damn. shit about. Uh, uh, Post Malone's first record, which Post Malone is very sensitive about, and like said, you know, took him to task. Uh, there's the Vince Staples thing where Vince Staples tweeted about him, no, like not knowing shit, but then Vince Staples dropped him in a like favorable light in one of his raps later on. So apparently they all good. And wow. I just love. I didn't know any of that. I, I I'm, I'm learning about this. This is great. I love how much he gets into it like that. And that's why I'm saying that what I love about him is he has so much clout. He's almost inserted himself into the conversation and he's gone beyond just being like, you know, a music fan because sometimes when you get into hobbies and things that you love, you have to make a decision about whether or not you're just going to be a fan of it or you are going to be a participant in it. And he's kind of crossed that line into participant. And now he's starting to get, you know, recognized by, as I said, with Pusha T, he also gave Pusha T, good reviews um yeah. daytona was also fantastic so it's kind of hard daytona not to. Deser- i was gonna say daytona deserves How you, it you can't sure. really you're gonna do it especially when we're not having real there's not a ton of true rap heavyweight albums coming out um and i, I was like I'm, as i said I, I i'm 
when I saw him, I'm like, this, this is kind of content that is completely designed for me. Whether or not, I'm trying to think if I would punch this guy in real life. I'm like, mm, no, I, I like it. I like well, that. I'll, sorry, go ahead. I like that he's, I like when I can talk to people who have contrasting opinions, but like it can go back and forth. And yeah. you, you know what I mean? And I think he's that, although I feel like sometimes his snarkiness would piss me and people off. But that's the beauty of YouTube is that there is an arm's length viewing of it. You know what I mean? You don't have to deal with these people in your personal life. And I like hearing what he has to say. I also just generally like to hear, this is probably why Super Bunny Hop stuff, you know, some of his videos that aren't as glossy are polished as the other stuff. It's because I can listen to people talk, just talk about things I like. And he's one of these people as well that that does that that I can that I enjoy. Yeah, just going back to what you said about um, you want to punch him. Also, I don't know. Have you seen him outside of the needle needle drop on anything? Like I saw him on Nardwar. Have you seen the Nardwar yes, interview? Yes, I like the Nardwar interview. Um, so yeah, so I was I was just gonna say he's um, it's definitely a bit of a persona that he puts on. It's definitely a bit of a character that he puts on for needle drop. Kind of like the smuggy know-it-all like bit of a troll like that's definitely his internet persona and like you could definitely see more i've seen him on other interviews not just nardwar but that's he's definitely more of a, like a soft-spoken more humble i don't know i don't maybe he's putting on a persona for those interviews you never really know but i just feel like when he's on the needle drop he's almost like a character and then he has that side character i can't remember the, the name with like the mustache like his like cousin or whatever is like it's like him but just with a mustache so yeah, I mean, it's almost like a bit of a shtick. So yeah, he's a little bit punchable, but I, I feel like he's playing that up a lot. This is kind of what I love about the Nardwar and just Nardwar interviews in general. He His shtick is meant solely to uproot the shtick of the person he's talking to. AKA Eric Andre, where they're just having a shtick off. Yes, it's so good because it's just like two shtick masters like parrying and you know fighting and it's just a lump of bullshit all lumped together and i love it i i mean there's the um the one i love the best is the kendrick lamar nardwar interview so good where he's like at first like what the fuck and then he kind of gets what's it going softens on softens up yeah and he softens, yeah, he softens on and he kind of understands what he's putting out there and it ends up being fucking awesome once you get past that little awkwardness at first which when you look at the end of the interview you're like fuck this interview wouldn't be as amazing without the awkwardness at the beginning exactly i like the Nardwar interview with uh, Fantano, I think that he's able to get under the posturing a bit. I mean, as I said, we're doing anything like this, like you put out videos, you're showing yourself to people and you're selecting what they're knowing about you. There's always like a brushback between who you are and, you know, what is the the image you're trying to put out there, right? And that's obviously gets blown up on a macro level when we start talking about know celebrities celebrities but it's it's interesting because these people are selecting these things for people to know about them and as i said it is a personal thing and it is do, do they like you or not or at least like the character you're playing because they can think the character is an asshole but they can still like it you know what i mean mm-hmm. which i think i don't know I, I think it works for him he has he has like a really big community he gets i see him I, it's funny um i see him i saw a meme regarding him and donkey and actually i saw him and donkey had a little back and forth the other day on twitter so i think there's i don't know i don't know what's going on but it's almost like the two worlds colliding of like donkey and like fantano are gonna like do something also i saw him on um 
the punk rock M- MBA, uh, Finn McKinty. Uh, he does like this uh, YouTube channel. I don't love it, but he was on that. And like uh, punk rock NBA is just like all about like little mini kind of like analysis videos about like different access aspects of like punk rock and like emo and whatever, like that, like the whole kind of uh, scene you want to call it. But uh, yeah, like he, he's definitely every time I've seen him outside of needle drop, he, I feel like specifically for needle drop, he has a bit of a persona. Um but yeah, it's like, as you said, you're always just showing people what you want to show them. But I don't know if Nardwar really broke it down because I feel like he was the way he was for the whole interview. But he he's a, you could tell he's a Nardwar fan, though. Like he knew what he was getting into. He knows Nardwar. He know he knows what's what's Nardwar's band like the uh, vibrator. No, is it the vibrators? I His old band. I can't remember. Anyway, his, I can't believe he, I can't remember. I'm, I love Nardwar. I think I think uh, I don't want to say it's the vibrators, but I. Like anyway, um, yeah, he like knew like Nardwar's band and blah blah blah. So I don't know. I I, I feel like he if you had sat down and had a coffee with him, I don't think he'd. Be it's like, the he evaporators. Be... Evaporators. He's the lead singer and keyboardist for the evaporators. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm like snapping away. That was probably super obnoxious. Yes, the evaporators. I'm like, I knew it was erators. Like I'm not vibrators. gonna let. I'm not gonna get uh, Nardwar go on uh, unrecognized. He's a Canadian institution. Oh, he's he's a Canadian icon. Yeah, I actually just went on a tear of his like the other night. Watched like I watched a bunch of interviews, like the Sonic Youth one. Oh, it's so cringy. But that's for another topic. That's for another time. So I mean, like I think that you know the just his, by way of his ability to insert himself in the discussion, um, Fantano is definitely my. It's probably definitely my favorite thing right now. I feel like if, if you you can always I it's hard to pick these things in order. Now, one thing I want to say uh, before we head out and we wrap up, because we're suggesting people absolutely check out these uh, you know these creators. Uh, one my guy, one of my guys was Super Bunny Hop. Now, when if you look up Super Bunny Hop in your auto in your search auto uh, auto. Um, Curating, auto complete auto complete auto curating it says super bunny hop blackface to which i was like triggered i'm like oh my god is this guy closet racist and i love his content and now i can't watch it anymore <laughs> and then i looked on youtube and realized that it's just a joke that was perpetuated by his friends that it was it had continued so long and happened so frequently that blackface came in like now when you search his name blackface comes up and i have scoured the internet and i have scoured reddit to learn of uh how this situation happened i just so wanted it was to throw... just a troll it was just a troll from his friend yes and he had to tell them to stop that is oh what the, the that is what my searches and my uh that is what my searches and my my research on reddit has uh put together is he like friends with with like all of 4chan? Like how did like a handful of friends get that to like an autocomplete level? I'm not sure, but if anybody uh so definitely check out Super Bunny Hop from what we know he's not a closet racist. If he is a closet racist and we don't know, feel free to please correct us, but I felt like we should tell that story. Anyways, Andrew Lanza I, I had no idea. That's a, that's <laughs> I was like blackface. I'm like we can't talk about this guy. Uh, I'm like this guy. I'm like now. I'm like everybody. I'm like that is you know like not oh, good. No. Not good. We're not about that shit on our podcast. But anyways, Andrew Lanza, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it. Total fun, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. 
thanks a lot, man. Have All a right. good one. See you guys. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Just a reminder, if you like this podcast and want to keep hearing it, subscribe and give us a five-star review. And if you're not already subscribing to our YouTube channel or following us on social media, get on it. You will not regret it.